Good evening, friends, fans, and colleagues. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday, so that must mean it's uh, time for Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thank you so much uh, to my regular listeners and to uh, our new friends out there for tuning in. I know you have lots of choices, so when you choose Voices of the Sacred Feminine, um, it is really gas in my tank. Uh, and speaking of gas in my tank, um, I just want to uh, give a shout-out uh, to a few people. Uh, first, to Alea Deo, um, who's... Uh, um, Cut, you heard a little snippet of, Awaken. Um, I think that's so appropriate for the show because I think so many of our topics uh, are designed to awaken us to new ways of thinking and seeing the world and uh, new ideas. Uh, so thank you, Alea, for, uh, for, for your music uh, that we use here on the show um, and that one you were listening to. Uh, and you can hear a little bit more of uh, at the close of the show. It was called Awaken. And uh, also a shout-out to a few of you who have sent me emails in the last few weeks. Um, you warm my heart. And I, I just want to thank you for uh, the lovely things you say about the show and uh, how important it is to you and how meaningful and how it keeps you connected uh, oftentimes because, uh, you know, maybe folks around you don't know these sorts of things we talk about on the show or maybe have a problem with them, and it helps you uh, feel connected. Um, and, you know, like, you know, even if you're community, uh, you know, in, in the vicinity of where you, you live isn't in sync, um, you know, you do know that there are others of us out here, uh, the like-minded, uh, and you know you are not alone. So thank you, thank you for those kind emails. Um, it keeps me going. It is the gas in my tank, uh, knowing that the show um, helps even a few people uh, makes all the difference in the world. And over the years, uh, more than a decade now, I've gotten so many of those letters. Um, you know, that's and that's why I'm still here. You know, uh, you know, providing the service to the community. So thank you. Um, you know, it means a lot when you take the time to reach out. So anyway, uh, turning our attention to tonight's show, uh, an important subject, I think, uh, actually. It's uh, speaking about uh, a new way of thinking and, you know, a new way of being. Um, women in particular, I think, you know, we talk about uh, our intuition, uh, but I'm sure, you know, of course we all have intuition. So um, that's uh, that's. Uh, basically the topic for uh, tonight's show, uh, Intuition on Demand, with uh, my wonderful um, expert on the subject, uh, Lisa Kay. Um, I'm sure you've wanted to have intuition on demand or make intuition happen when you wanted to. Uh, maybe you've wanted to trust your intuition or learn what your intuition was really trying to tell you. Well, um, if you've tuned in tonight, um, or maybe you're going to tune in later from the archives or share the link from this show with your friends, um, you will hear what Lisa Kay has to say uh, about these questions and, and, and ideas as we talk about her new, her new book, uh, Intuition on Demand. So uh, let me say welcome uh, to Lisa Kay. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here to talk about intuition tonight. Well, uh, I'm glad to have you, too, and uh, I want to read a little bit more of your bio, uh, to, you know, to listeners just to introduce you a bit more uh, to them before we start our chat. Um, so Lisa Kay, uh, she's a teacher, author, and speaker specializing in intuition. She's the creator of Developing Your Intuition, where she teaches others how to control their intuition so they can use it when they want it and uh, on what they want. She's considered an intuition expert, and she's taught people in workshops and seminars online and in person. Uh, public appearances uh, of hers reach uh, people around the world through her guest speaking, her online meetings, 
media uh, and her own popular radio show called Between Heaven and Earth. Uh, she holds degrees in electrical engineering from Columbia University, psychobiology from uh, State University of New York, and uh, she has a Ph.D. from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. And as an author, Lisa's work has been published in a variety of magazines, including the Huffington Post, uh, Inspire Me Today, Care2.com, Om uh, Times Magazine, and, um, and of course her latest book, as I said, is uh, titled Intuition uh, On Demand, published by Findhorn Press. Uh, great people out there. So, Lisa, um, you know, with a background like uh, electrical engineering, and um, and I'm not actually sure what psychobiology is. Maybe that's actually uh, in alignment with intuition. I guess um, I'm I'm wondering how did this particular passion uh, happen for you? I mean, how did you become an expert in this? Oh, sure. Well. As you can see, I am a perpetual student, and that's because I'm infinitely curious. I just love to learn about how the world works and um, how we work, and that's part of why I studied psychobiology, which is the biological side of psychology. Um, So it's psychophysiology, it's how the brain works and what is going on in different parts of the brain and and how, you know, where our cognition is. Um, And... You know, along with that, I was, I'm also very interested in, again, you know, science. I took a lot of science uh, courses in college, and I ended up doing um, engineering because I, I love that as well, um, engineering and, you know, technology. Um, but I, I went and left my electrical engineering um, uh, studies and went off into the career world and did a lot of corporate work in um, in the field of information technology. Um, but all all along, every all throughout my life, I've always been curious at, about other parts of um, studies that science maybe didn't cover or, or was uh, lacking. And I was interested in in metaphysics. I was interested in things that were um, not always easily explained by science. And you know what was that? And I and I was fascinated. <clears throat> excuse me, always fascinated with intuition. How do people know things that there's no way that they could have known? How do they know not to get on that plane and then that plane crashes? How do they know, mm-hmm. know to turn left instead of right? And then they avoid the, the you know, the huge um, traffic accident or, or traffic jam. It's, it's always fascinated me. And so whenever I had a chance to um, do some studies in that area, I did. And that, and that one thing led to another. So. so so, I guess what I'm hearing you say is you're kind of um, the middle ground between the science of intuition as well as the anecdotal uh, uh, information or research on intuition. Would that, would that be fair? Um, I think, yeah, sure, you could term it that way. I'd like to say that my philosophy about it is trying to bring all the pieces together to make them make sense. And right. uh, I, I felt that, you know, intuition is a real thing. I wanted to believe that it was. And I figured if I could learn how to develop mine, because I didn't start out being very intuitive at all. And I thought, well, geez, you know, they say that you could develop it as part of you. Um, so I went and I started researching about it. I, I went and researched the scientific journals and what experiments had been done, scientific experiments. Um, that you know worked with the psychic phenomenon and found some really fascinating work, and then went into sort of I guess more the metaphysical or mystical side because that's where a lot of the the work has been done and where people are able to develop these abilities. And you know, be, you have to if you're going to learn about something, if you want to really understand a, a particular topic, you have to go in with an open mind. You have to be open and I was open I was willing to let's you know look at it all and you know maybe I'll research it on my own and I'll find out yeah it's uh, you know it's fake um, but at least I'll know well I found mm-hmm. it it wasn't fake and <laughs> which was really really fascinating to me and um, I was able to develop my intuition to the point where uh, I was going out and doing intuitive readings for the public I didn't intend to do that that was never my intention but 
in going and studying um, with teachers that that was kind of the end goal for them. And so, uh, and that, right. was, that was also another way to get experience in the practice. So I went out and I did readings. I was a very, very popular intuitive reader, which shocked me. And I was shocked at the results so me, I was getting. Let me ask you this. Would, would your, um, you, when you do your intuitive reading, is that, mm-hmm. a, a, I mean, are you tapping into the same thing uh, that, say, a tarot reader taps into when they do a reading, or do you think it's a little bit different? Oh, I think it's I think it's all the same thing. Uh, now, that being said, you know, I think their methods that people do when they do their readings um, that are, you know, different ways to get to the same thing, right? So mm-hmm. they're all, and that was one of the things I discovered. I discovered that you know, intuition is used in, in so many different modalities so many, and also so many different types of reading. It's sort of the same method. It's the same way to access your intuition. And the thing that fascinated me in having background in psychobiology was I discovered uh, that what they were doing was that they were basically accessing, using methods and to access the intuitive part of their brain. And there's a, a very distinct part of your brain that is that thinks in a very different way from your logic and your deduction. It's a it's the intuitive part of your brain actually thinks with the same characteristics that characterize intuition. And that, okay. that really blew me away. And I was like, oh, my gosh, so there really is biology around this. See, now science doesn't really talk about this because there's a prejudice against it. So, so mm-hmm. they don't really, you know, they don't put the two pieces together. And, and I was able to do that just through my knowledge and experience so, and, and research and uh, learning how to do this. And I was like, wow, you know, the characteristics of intuition are um, – Let me go through some of the list of what what it is. Intuition is symbolic, right? There's symbols, things that pop up um, as uh, a picture in your head. They're images. They are abstract concepts. All of a sudden you have a knowing. It's a big picture understanding, a gestalt understanding. Um, There are... Also, it it doesn't have very many words. It might give you... It might say something quickly like stop, go left. Talk to him, right? Two, three words, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and I I realized that's how the right side of your brain thinks. So when they did studies in science, uh, they looked at what they call laterality, uh, which is they looked at the difference between the two sides of your brain, the left side of your brain and the right side of the brain. And in the in the scientific research, they discovered that those two sides of your brain, the left side, thinks very differently from the right side. So the left mm-hmm. side is the side that we think of. That's the, that's the part we identify with. That's the side mm-hmm. that um, has logic, has deduction. That's where judgment mm-hmm. is. That's where ego is. And, mm-hmm. and the right side is, is the side that we, I just described. The other thing that was really fascinating was the right side of your brain is also more innervated to your, your sense of feeling, your physical feeling. And mm-hmm. we can get our intuitive messages through feeling, right? Oh, I have a gut feeling. That made me feel a little tense. It doesn't feel right. Um, mm-hmm. So I realized, okay, so, so that there really is, um, seems like there's biology to that. There is an intuitive part of your brain. And when you understand the characteristics of intuition, and, um, and it's a little easier when you understand the characteristics of how the right side of your brain works, then you start to go, oh, okay, now I know what, ha- what it's like when it happens. Right. I, I, know, well, um, I know that it's not going to have a lot of words. I know there's no ego yeah. involved. It's more feeling. Well, I mean, in you know, in in the goddess community and in women's spirituality, you know, we have a tendency to, you know, talk about you know, women are more right-brained. You know, um, uh, of course, we're striving for a balance, but you know, women are more right-brained. You know, men are more left-brained, which begs the question. I mean, I have to ask: Do do you think there's anything to the fact that maybe women have better intuition than men? Or is that just um, you know an old wives' tale? I think women are more in touch with it uh, because they are. 
I think because of the characteristics you just described, and of course, you mm-hmm. know, there are women who are who think more like men. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I, I tend to think that I think sometimes I think more like a guy, but um, but I think that's part of it. They, but you know, another interesting thing is that science has also found the biologists know that um, the the innervation of the the right side of the brain. Um, well, first of all, the right side of the brain in women is slightly larger in women versus mm-hmm. the left side of the brain than men. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. And that yeah. they seem to have a little more innervation to the, you know, to their physical feelings, to to those nerves, those neurons. Um, so I think that, you know, yes, there is definitely a biological difference. But that doesn't mean that men don't have intuition, and it doesn't mean that, yeah, um, you know, that we that some of us who are say more quote feminine than other uh, other women are not, uh, right, you know, right. have a difference in intuition. If we all can develop it, it's it's just like the ability to read or write. Um, it's it's a skill that you just Well, let's develop. talk about that. Um, yeah, let's talk and, about that a little bit. How mm-hmm. how can you develop it? Um, is it just a matter of um, trusting it more, or you know, what what would be the recommendations to strengthen that intuition muscle? Well. Trust is what falls out of developing it, right? Because when you, just just like any other skill, if you develop your skill to ski, you learn how to be a good skier, then you trust that you can go down, you know, the blue or the double black, uh, d- double diamond black uh, with with ease. So so that's how you build the trust. But, um, and a lot of people have this problem. They always say, oh, I don't trust my intuition, and I don't, I, you know, I always doubt myself. And that's because... You haven't developed it. You haven't developed your intuition. You haven't gotten familiar with it. So to answer your question, how do we develop our intuition? Well, there are two main things you need to do, actually three. The first thing is that you need to understand what the characteristics are of intuition. What is it like when it appears inside of you? And it is mostly inside of you. Um, You know, what does it sound like? What does it feel like? What does it look like inside you? Uh, And those are some of the characteristics I described is it may appear as an image inside you. It might be a, it might, the image might be symbolic because the right side of the brain speaks in symbols. So, you know, and I'll give you an example. Um, if your, the right side of your brain is, or your intuition is giving you three pieces of information, it might be a picture of a red rose. It might be an image of two golden rings. And then it might be a sound of, Champagne bottle popping. So now you've got well, red that rose, like a wedding. two golden. <laughs> it sounds like a wedding. There's the meaning. That's how it yeah. speaks. You got it. You got it. That's exactly how it yeah. works. And so, yeah. so that's how that's how it works. So, so now you understand the characteristics of intuition. The next thing you need is you need a very clear step-by-step technique to work with the to work with your intuition to get those pieces. How do I get the red rose? How do how do I get those little pieces to come to me? How do I get it out of the right side of my brain? Well, there's a technique I developed, um, which has several steps, which you go through to trigger your intuition, to give it you pieces, to give you pieces of those pieces of information, and then as you're collecting the pieces, they they start to have meaning, just like we had that example. And then the third okay. thing that you do, right? So you got three things: know the characteristics of intuition, so you can know it, be aware of it when it pops at you. Number two, you have a technique to make it happen and collect those pieces. And number three, you have to practice so you can develop. Okay. And, and practice, um, practice, practice that work. So, so let me say this to you. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, when my intuition works, and I'm not, you know, I have not practiced it, I will be honest, um, but when mm-hmm. the times that my intuition yeah. has worked, it hasn't come in symbols. It's been more of a gut feeling, uh, kind of a, a, for lack of a better word, a knowing. Um, but I always, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, very, uh, you know, maybe I'm too left brain too. Um, I, I don't want to delude myself, so I'm not quick to often believe those sorts of things because I worry that, well, am I, you know, is it wishful thinking 
kind of a thing. Or sure. if the intuition goes against logic, um, then I have trouble with it too, you know. Um, sure. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Well, that's uh, you're um, you're with a lot, many many other people. A lot of people have the same kinds of problems. I don't trust my intuition. Um, I I can't tell the difference between my my intuition and my thinking, or by you know just because I want it to ha- I want the answer to be a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. is that is that, am I fooling myself? And my answer right. to that is it, it, again is when you work to develop the skill. And you're working and you're practicing and practicing. And I go through all kinds of intuition exercises and what are good ones, what are bad ones, and how to practice. So when you're practicing and you start to uh, experience your intuition, you start to go, you start to go see what it's like when a, an intuitive image pops in your mind or have that intuitive feeling. That, and you, and you, when you practice, you go, oh, I got that right. So the, these are exercises. And you okay. have to practice an exercise where you can validate the intuition messages that you get. Because if you can't validate it, then you're, you, you don't know whether you got it right or not. You don't know whether your intuition is working or not. So, for right. example, you could use um, an exercise that would be good that you could validate is, um, oh, I'm going to see if I can use my intuition to tell me um, what, I don't know, my mother had for lunch today. And, you know, I'm not with her, so I, I, I don't know. But I can always ask her later. And so you mm-hmm. go through the technique and you pick up information, and then you can go and you can call her later and see if you're right. Okay, well, that's pretty so simple. That's, now, once you do that, you start, yeah, and then, then, then you start to see, oh, I was right, and I got that picture. It popped up in my head. And it doesn't have to be your mom. It could be somebody you know who you don't know so well. You don't know because I could hear people going, "Well, I know what my mother has for lunch." <laughs> she always does the same thing. So pick somebody you don't know what they they're gonna have for lunch. Right, right. And then, right, I get and it. And then you can say, "Oh, you know, they came in a flash," or "I heard the word." And then, and this is how my students have learned to be become very intuitive and get some really cool hits because they go, "Oh, I get it now." I, I can see, I, I, I got it as a word, and, I, and it happened so fast, or it was quiet. Or the, I saw um, the image flashed in my head, and it was very quick. Um, or I had this feeling, I had this uncomfortable feeling, you know, I don't know, in, uh, you know, in, in my shoulders. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll give you another example. Um, I was doing an exercise with a student of mine. And one of the exercises was to show them a photograph, and then they have to pick up intuitive information about it. And the picture was of a, um, a couple. Um, it was a, a woman and a, and a child, actually. And they were on the beach. It was sunny out. And they were just standing there smiling. And my student said, and I gave them, the, they used the technique that I have, the intuition on demand technique. And so she said, I did the technique, and, and I think I got it wrong. I said, well, what did you get? She said, I got funeral. I said, okay. What does funeral mean to you? And she said, well, um, well, I said, she goes, I don't know, you know, funerals are sad. I said, well, what happens when you go to funerals? She goes, oh, I never, ever go to funerals. I can't go to funerals. They make me really, really ill. They make me so ill I can't go. I said, well, that is a hit. And she was like, what? I said, the person in that picture is very, very ill. It, they, did, they didn't know it at the time, but that person um, was very sick. And she goes, oh. So I said, so for you, your symbol for being really sick and ill is funeral. Interesting. So that's how you do it. Huh. Right, right, right. Wow. I, I would have thought, you know, her saying funeral, uh, that, you know, maybe they died or something. But I see how you made that that correlation. But that's thinking. You know, um, that's thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... Because yeah, again, it's symbolic. Yeah. It's meaning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I know for me, you know, I have uh, I have found myself, you know, for the last year in this place of transition, and you know where my gut tells me I need to go. You know, my logic says, oh. You know, Karen, how can you possibly give up your job and your paycheck and do that? 
Um, and, you know, and I've been struggling, you know, for a year, uh, you know, even though friends have said, oh, you know, Karen, I think you need to make the leap, you know, it feels like it's the right thing to them, it feels like it's the right thing to me, you know, but, uh, but you know, it's sometimes it's really hard, uh, you know, to go against mm-hmm. all logic and, and follow that intuition. It is. Absolutely, and, and that's why I help train people how to develop their intuition, because, it, if you try to use your people say, well, you know, I am I, too emotional, or I, I, you know, I can't hear by intuition, and a part of it is because uh, you, you know, your intuition is sort of in, in, you know, infancy form. You have to develop it. You have to get it to the point where um, you can build up to using your intuition for big life decisions. And the reason is because you need to, you know, really be solid in what it's like when it comes to you, so you know. You can trust that, mm-hmm. oh, I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds like. And at the same time, um, one of the things I teach people is to use intuition tools that help get you out of your emotional, fearful state uh, when you use a tool. That's what tools are good for, intuition tools. And, um, and so now you have techniques and tools, and you practice, and you honed your skills, so you can use it in your everyday life. And, you know, that, that's kind of how it came for me, I developed it to the point where I could rely on it, and I know when it's talking to me, and right. I know, you know, and I have tools that I can use. So, so you don't want to um, learn, you know, like for example, in skiing, you don't want to just learn how to turn and how to stop doing the pizza thing, <laughs> you know, on the bunny slope and then go <laughs> run off onto the blue or the black because you're not ready yet. So, so build right. up to it. Build right. up to it. <laughs> so, what would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions about intuition? That it's only for special people. That that you have to be quote born with it, but we're all born with it. Uh, mm-hmm. it. It just really is something that they don't teach you how to develop. We we're not taught. It, you know, I think I'm the first one to get stand behind science. I I started my career as a scientist. I wanted to be an animal behaviorist, and so I studied. That's why I studied psychobiology, and um, I love science. Uh, but what happens is is that because we're so stuck on science and the scientific process of um, logic and thinking and, you know, and we learn that in school, you know, A plus B equals C, um, we kind of train ourselves out of sensing our intuition and using our intuition to help us make decisions. Now, I don't, I'm not prescribing that you should throw out your logic and only rely on intuition. You have to do both because God gave you both sides of your brain, right? Right. For a reason. Right. So you have to learn how to balance the two out. Okay. Well, um, let's take sense. a break. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it does. Um, let, let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the brain science behind intuition and um, and where the intuitive information comes from. But uh, first... But first, uh, here's a word from Joe Carson. Hello. Let me say a few things about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of Earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. Here is what Drusilla Pettibone said on Dearmist.com. I was truly touched and even awed by the film. I don't think I can comment on it adequately until I've had a chance to watch it a couple more times. I really appreciate that there is so much substantive information to digest. For example, the info about hinges and tracing the horizon line is all new to me and totally fascinating. The film was obviously very beautiful, and I was amazed how it was able to capture so many of the descriptions visually and seamlessly connect vintage footage with modern. I especially loved when images were dynamically superimposed on each other, like the lace with the water and the dancing in the flowering meadow. A visual feast, and with so many layers. I am also so pleased to have been introduced to Monica Shu and her work. It's so important for pagans to become aware of our heritage, 
It seems easily lost among so many new books, and the film really brought me home in a new way. Dancing with Gaia is available at dancingwithgaia.com. Dancing with Gaia is a DVD uh, and a 45-page color mini-book. And you can buy the DVD and the booklet for only $20. And you can find it at dancingwithgaia.com, dancingwithgaia.com. So um, I am here with Lisa Kay, and we're talking about her new book, uh, Intuition on Demand. And uh, before we... um, went to that little commercial uh, for Dancing with Gaia. Uh, I told Lisa I wanted to come back and hear about the brain science behind intuition and uh, where she thinks that intuitive information comes from. So um, tell us about the science first, maybe, Lisa. Sure. Well, we spoke a bit about it already um, in terms of, you know, the uh, psychophysiology of our brains and what happens, you know, where our different kinds of, um, I guess, brain processing is happening, or the and and what, how we, the different types of thinking happens in different parts of our brain. So the left side is again, mm-hmm. it's the logic side, the, it's it's deduction. Actually, also the left side of the brain is where we have language. Um, so intuition doesn't have lots of words. It might have. A, a few words, but it's not going to be really wordy. Uh, the left side of our brain is where our ego is and where our judgment is. And, you know, one of the things I, I think is really fascinating is how they figured this out. Um, and I also found it was very interesting that people I've spoken to around the, the country and the world actually um, find this really interesting as well. So you might be thinking of this, well, how do they know? What they used to do, what they did, I guess, this might be in the 50s or the 60s, they, people who had epilepsy, who had severe cases of epilepsy, they don't do this anymore, but back then, um, they thought that it was the brain would start to have a random neural firing, which would go kind of haywire and crazy, and then people would have seizures, and they thought it would start in one side of the brain, and then it would end up going to the other side, and that's when they have like a grandma seizure kind of thing. Um, so what they figured to help people with that who had a propensity for these extreme seizures, epileptic seizures, is they would cut the connection between the two sides of the brain so that it wouldn't transfer from one side to the other. Hmm. Now, what connects two sides of the brain is the corpus callosum. It's a big band of nerves that go between the two sides of the brain in the center of your head. And they would they would basically cut that cord, would cut the connection. And they would look at these people. Now, apparently it didn't help, um, but they would also do some further research with these people, and they found that they could actually um, send, they could basically uh, show an image to one side of the brain versus the other. So we... When we look out into space, when we look forward, right, if you're watching TV, everything that's on the left side of your visual field, so if you stuck your hand out um, and you kept looking straight, that the picture of your left hand is actually going to the right side of your brain. And vice versa, hmm. if you put your right hand out, it goes to the left side of your brain. So okay. they were able to, therefore, um, show pictures to only one side of the brain. So instead of a hand, it would be an apple, right? So they'd flash an apple mm-hmm. to the right side of the brain. And the people who they cut their brains in half, um, what they found was that they could not tell you what they saw because there are no words <laughs> on the right side of your brain. There, there's no words. Interesting. If they flashed it on the other side if they, and it, the image goes to the left side of the brain, they could say, oh, apple, right? Now, wow. when they flashed the image of the apple to the right side of the brain, they, w- they couldn't tell you it was an apple, but they could draw it. They could actually draw the apple. So they know it's an apple. They just don't have a word for it. Yeah. So that, that's how they started, and they would do all these different kinds of experiments, and they started to find how the different sides of the brain work. 
And hmm. I just think that's the coolest thing. So that's how we know. Where, well, well, it is. The, it, well, and I wonder is. about these poor people who, um, who had their left and right brain disconnected too i mean um that mm. must have been very difficult for them to continue in life unless they were able to repair it they were actually okay they were you know they were actually fine um apparently you know they don't do it anymore but uh you know they they still functioned well and I, it was probably because um they are able to you know you're not usually fixed with your face staring in one direction and only having information yeah. going into one side of your brain. You know, you're you're looking around and you're getting information from all different side places right. around yeah, you. You're, so, you're, yeah, I don't know exactly what, you know, what deficiencies they might have had. I'm sure there were some. But anyway, that's how they so, figured it out. Well, I'm curious about the amygdala. Does that um, have any bearing on intuition at all? I believe the amygdala is where your uh, a lot of your memories are. So, um, okay. what is the is is there a particular? Well, the reason. Well, the reason I asked, and and you know, in this, and, and you know, it, it it's uh, kind of maybe way out there, but you know, a lot of the research that I've done, um, you know, just because of the political climate out there, um, you know, they talk about conservatives versus liberals. Their amygdalas are very different. Um, uh, and if, you know, if the conservatives have a larger amygdala and they tend to be more fearful. And mm. I think it's the conservative, I think the liberals' amygdala tends to be smaller and they're more of a risk taker. And I, and I guess I just wondered if the, mm. does that affect the intuition at all or it's, you well, know, uh, totally I separate? I think it's, it may be part of it. Uh, the amygdala is, is, in the middle of your head, it's the the lower part of your brain in the limbic system, and I know mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it, it has uh, functions of memory and emotions. You know, down in your limbic system, that's the primal, the reptilian brain, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. it's, so that's going to be sort of your your you know fight or flight responses, um, the things that that's where you know you're going to be. The processing of oh I'm hungry and I have to get food um, or I have to mm-hmm. or, you know I have to protect myself because or the fear so that's that's where that all is and I believe that um, certainly there are some instinct which I think is the same as your intuition uh, which is messages that are coming from there sure um, and and, I, and that's really, yeah. to me what intuition is you know it's knowing without knowing how you know it and we're getting information from all over we're getting information from the amygdala we're getting information from um, you know the right side of our brain we're getting information from who knows where and I think you were asking that question earlier which is you know where is this all coming from and I'd like to believe that uh, it comes from places that within us and also outside of us because we don't know, right? How do people know things that there's just no way they could know? And in my yeah. experience and the work that I've done, I've there were things that I you, was able to draw from my intuition that there was no way I could know information. Uh, it was just absolutely, it's fascinating. Um, and, and I like to believe that, you know, it comes from beyond us and that it, it comes from what I like to believe are angels or our guides, you know, what's beyond us, mm-hmm. the universe consciousness or all mm-hmm. that is. I, uh, everything yeah. is made of energy. That's all you know, basic physics and metaphysics. Yeah. Well, and and, and I'm thinking about uh, a woman, uh, Betty Eady. She was a British woman. I think she died in the 80s. Uh, She's she's uh, better known as Um Seti. Uh, She had she was hit in the head, fell and hit her head when she was a a young child. And I think uh, I think she she died momentarily and came back to life. And she remembered a past life. Uh, and you know when she was uh you know was served in the court of Seti the second I think in Egypt and um she mm. was totally um um obsessed by that past life and it wasn't just um 
uh, oh, I mean, it, you know, wasn't just a fancy, you know, a fleeting um, fancy. I mean, she literally knew things about, you know, where they could dig up stuff under the sand. I mean, it was it was like she was wow. remembering. <laughs> And um, anyway, you know, you just wonder, I mean, because that feels like, you know, uh, like maybe it's all a part of the many ways humans have of knowing, but they say we only use 10% of our brain. You know, maybe we just haven't tapped into our abilities that that are laying there dormant. Absolutely. What, you know, what else is going on in there? You know, if we we were aware of all the things that we going on in our head we would be overwhelmed but um yeah. but there's you know there may be some treasures in there and i think uh by working with our minds you know we're and having some techniques and tools you'll be able to get information that's really rightfully there for all of us and that we should all be using we just haven't learned how to do it right right um, well, Lisa, um, is there anything more you wanted to say about this that maybe I haven't thought to ask? And, of course, you know, I also want to uh, hear about any events you have coming up. Um, and, you know, of course, you want to uh, tell us your website as well. But, you know, was there any more information you wanted to share that maybe I didn't think to inquire about? Um, well, you know, I just want people to know that everybody can do this. I started out not intuitive at all, and uh, I learned how to develop my intuition to the point where um, I could, you know, do these amazing readings for people, which really blew me away, but also saved my life. And and once I, I used my intuition and it saved my life, I thought, you know, hey, I could get to teach other people how to do this because it's, you know, it's there for everyone. If I could do it, you could do it. And... And hopefully you well, wouldn't have would, to would you save mind your life. But. Elaborate, you know, maybe elaborate on that a little bit. You know, maybe tell us about some of the, you know, more important or um, most interesting readings or uh, situations you've had uh, for your, you know, uh, for yourself that you feel comfortable sharing. Uh, well, well, let's see. Um, I could tell you. Actually, I'm sure you, uh, your listeners probably would like to know my saving my life story. People seem to want to know that. Um, and I'll tell you, so this was uh, certainly after I developed my intuition. And um, I, what happened was it was over the uh, summer, uh, over well, about 10 years ago, and I got the flu, what I thought was the flu. And I was, you know, I had the aches and I had a low-grade fever. I thought I would take a painkiller, it would go away. But along with that, I would get these weird bouts of like my heart would race and I'd be a little short of breath and I was like I thought that's odd though it's a weird virus um and it would come and go and then one night it um it happened again but this time I woke up shaking head to toe so bad that I couldn't hold a glass of water and I thought oh this is this is not good so um I I told my husband call 911 and so we went uh they took me to the hospital and um by that time, I was I stopped shaking, but uh, they took blood and they found out I had bacteria in my blood, but I wasn't I wasn't shaking anymore. So they said, "Well, see your doctor in the morning. Go home." So I saw my doctor, and he did what most doctors do. He gave me pills. He gave me antibiotics, uh, and I took them for a couple of days, and it did nothing. I was the same. I was still going through the same things, um, but the bouts were getting more and more frequent of me my heart racing. I'd be lying in bed. And my heart's racing. One time it was it did it, um, and I was short of breath, and um, I and my hands turned white, and I it scared me. So I went back to the hospital. I went and called nine one one, and so I went back. And same thing. Stopped shaking. Took blood. Still had bacteria in my blood. They said, okay, you're not shaking. Go home. And I said, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. What is this thing where my heart's racing and I'm, I'm short of breath? I can't breathe. The doctor goes, "Oh, that—that that was fear. You're hyperventilating." And I looked at him. I said, "No, no, that wasn't fear. I—I I know what fear is, <laughs> and that was not it." And he said, "No, no, no. Go home. Just keep taking your medicine. You'll be fine." I was like, "No." And he sent me home. I couldn't. He wouldn't listen to me. 
So I turned to my intuition now. I got home and I said, and I asked, what should I do? What is, what's going on? And my intuition told me that it, it was serious and I needed to see a specialist. Uh, so Friday afternoon, I'm trying to find a new doctor. I'm calling up. Nobody's, an- nobody's answering the phone. Or, um, and I couldn't get a doctor. So um, the next day I had over the weekend, um, it's getting worse. I can't stand up for longer than two minutes. And I turned my intuition again because I'm not getting anybody calling me back. And I was guided to read this book that I had on my shelf. I had had it for, oh gosh, 10 years. I don't know why my intuition told me. So I grabbed this book off my shelf. It's How to Find the Best Pediatrician. And I thought, eh, well, my intuition wants me to read it, so I'll read it. So I'm reading this book, and the word pediatrician keeps popping up over and over and over again. And then I realized it hit me. Oh, my pediatrician is a friend. Maybe he he knows somebody who can help me. So I picked up the phone. I called him up, um, and he said to me, I know what you need to do. You need to find a specialist. You need a, to see an infectious disease specialist. I know someone who will see you right away. Um, and I'm going to message him right now, and he will see you. But I highly suggest you go tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I did. Uh, the doctor saw me and he took blood. Says, "Okay, um, you still have bacteria in your blood, yeah." And but we have more information. You have a heart infection. And mm. he put me in the hospital. And then they gave me intravenous antibiotics, which saved my life. I was basically going into sepsis. Uh, which, wow. you know, people, I had endocarditis and um, people often die from that uh, very quickly because they don't, it's hard to detect. And, um, and you know, if you go into sepsis, you can die very quickly. So my intuition was able to save my life. If Had I just listened to the doctors and just ignored yeah. all the symptoms I was having, I would have died. Wow. So that's, what a story. That's why I have to... You know, after that, I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah, thank God I'm, I'm okay. And everything's fine, you know. I, I caught it early enough. Uh, but that, you know, that was okay. This is what you need to have good intuition for, to help guide you through life so that you feel yeah. calm and secure. And you know you can always make the right decisions. And, you know, you know the angels have your back. And, and you know, and, and you'll be okay, <laughs> you know. Well, that's a great story. I'm so so glad you shared that. (laughs) I say again? Yeah, well, I say thank you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I misheard you. We were uh, talking over each other there for a second. Um, But, yeah, thank you. I mean, that was uh, really a pretty profound story and a perfect uh, example, uh, you know, of, of, uh, you know, everything you've been saying, you know, describing, uh, but, you know, but actually hearing the story, uh, I I think it's sort of, it's like the icing on the cake, uh, so to speak, you know. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, definitely. So uh, your website, uh, Lisa, uh, is LMK. Uh, 88.com is that the best one? Yeah, or, yes. uh, you could do that, or okay. um, or intuitiononly.com will get you there too. Intuitiononly.com will get you there, okay. or lmk88.com. That is, it's my initials <laughs> with an 88. At okay. Um, yeah, and that's and my website. So you, you can get my book. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm people sorry? can reach you if they people can reach you if they wanted to have a reading. Yeah, I actually don't do public readings anymore. Um, I just teach oh, okay. people. I actually, and I teach people, and I've got some great students who are phenomenal readers. It's absolutely phenomenal readers who I can refer people to if they want a reading. Um, but I, if you want to learn how to develop your intuition, you know, from scratch, I have lots of beginners who've become really amazing master intuitives. Um, that's what I do, and you can go to my website and and uh, see what my classes are. My class offerings are uh, there. We, we just, uh, actually, we just um, had a founding member um, registration for the Intuition Development Circle, and that's going to be closed for, for a little bit, but we'll open the doors um, again, and then people can come in. But it's a great way to develop your intuition and practice, because that's what it's all about. You practice exercises um, every week, and we're, we're 
give you resources and tools and techniques. Good stuff. So Sounds great. Show, and that's, and, and is, that's you, you don't have to be in the same city with you? That's a class you can take online no. or something? Or? No, I have people all over the world doing this. I, I, I have somebody from uh, London, the U.K., a couple from from the U.K. I've got... I've had people from Denmark. I have somebody right now from Australia um, and all over the United States. So we're all online. Everything is online. We've got um, a membership portal where all the resources are there. If you miss something, it's, um, it's recorded. And, and then we have, you know, live sessions with me. And I help people personally with developing their intuition, um, get you through the exercises, show you when you're thinking when you're, and when your intuition is working. It's really fun. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, listen, um, this has been really informative uh, and fun uh, as well. So um, thank you so much uh, for, uh, you know, for being with us tonight. And uh, just to mention the name of your book again, uh, Intuition on uh, Demand by Lisa Kay, I would imagine you can find it at all the usual places, right? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, you know, bookstore near you. So easy to find. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you so All much right. for having me. I really, I really enjoyed having our chat tonight. Thanks, thanks, Karen. Oh, no problem. Uh, it, it's it's been great having you, and uh, let's keep in touch. Yes, I'd love to. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well. Um, uh, I think you uh, probably enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, certainly inspirational, uh, and I feel like she's nudging me uh, to uh, develop my own intuition. It certainly uh, could come in handy for me right now if I were uh, just had a little bit more confidence in my intuition. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, practice, practice. Um, but. Uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to have to get me that book, uh, Intuition on Demand by Lisa Kay, uh, and you too. So, uh, as I said at the top of the hour, uh, it is time to awaken uh, on so many levels, including our intuition. Uh, so let me let you hear Alea Deo's um, uh, the you know the full song uh, awaken uh, maybe just you know sit back with a cup of tea or uh, a glass of wine and just close your eyes and breathe and just sort of soak uh, this this wonderful single of hers uh, titled awaken uh, into your body and uh, and into your mind and uh, and if you uh, are happy with um, uh, the information that I provide here on Voices of the Sacred Feminine, uh, please do let me hear from you. Uh, and if you are able, um, uh, a small donation is always appreciative. Uh, you can go to KarenTate.com. Once you get there, go to the Goddess Store page. Uh, when you're at the Goddess Store page, go all the way down to the bottom. The very last PayPal button allows you to make a donation of any amount. Uh, while you're there, check out my books, uh, Goddess Greeting Cards, Free Meditation, uh, lots of other cool stuff as well. So uh, here we go with Awaken by Alea Deo.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.